Um, we're going to do a review of yesterday's daf. Get to today's, um, and yesterday was daf nun dalid. Today is nun hey number fifty-five, and we're going to do a review of yesterday's daf. Then get to today's. We um, have a mind before shleim at all who need it. Okay, so we talked about uh, the definition of the um, the kifu. The various um, things they would do to the various animals. So one of them we mentioned is that the female sheep they would go out kvulos. Definition of kvulos was interesting. What does the word kvulos mean? The etymology of the word. So they say they uh, they would actually t- tie down their tail so that uh, it makes it uh, impossible for them to become impregnated, basically. And um, um, the question is, where do you see that the word kvul means that they're not pr- fruit bearing? And we saw a few, there's some interesting um, um, explanation based on a pasuk in Malachim. Um, there's an exchange between uh, Hiram Melech Tzur and um, Shlomo Melech. They had a deal, and uh, there was a, some cities that were transferred. And uh, the statement was, what are these cities that you gave me? Um, and he called them Eretz Kavol until today. So there's the word Kavol. And what does that mean? So Rafun explains that there were people there who were ungestab mitgelt. They were very, very wealthy. They were adorned with silver and gold. And um, and that was the city. So the question is, so Rava says, why would then that be something that he wasn't happy with the city that was given to him? Well, because they're rich, that's, a re- that's bad. I mean, it, like, uh, um, what is it? Uh, didn't Fiddler, Fiddler on the Roof say, you know, um, is no uh, is no shame in being poor, but there's no real honor in it either. Whatever. But the point being, what's wrong with being rich? Why is that? It's no shame in being rich either. What's wrong with that? Samerlei. So basically, the answer is is that he says that actually it is. It is a negative, and the negative is is that being that they're so wealthy, they're so used to being everything you know handed to them on a platter. They're not used to hard work. They're not ready to roll up their sleeves and do anything that they need to do, and that is the problem. And uh, that's the story. Um, Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak um, said a different answer. He says that the land was very poor for growth. And uh, kavul means that they're actually, um, their feet get stuck in the mud. And that was what the car, that's where it was coming from. The next thing, we, the word, the definition was the word kavunos. What does that mean? So that was where they covered the wool. From infancy all the way till adulthood, till they were ready to, I mean, till they were ready to shear it, and it was uh, most perfectly white wool, and that's uh, actually what the definition of seis, which is one of the shades of saras, is like the tzemer lavan, that uh, like the white wool that was never uh, uh, actually ever um, used, uh, never never exposed to the elements, etc. Um, and that's what it means. It's Naki Ben Yomel. It's Naki Ben like the first day, the day it's born, and they cover it over and they protect it for the high-end, very high-end material. Um, and let's, um, so that's that. Next thing we talked about is the goats go out Sururos. So we saw that Psaq HaLacha, Rav Paskins like Rav Yudah, that we make the distinction between why are they tied? If they're tied for, um, to, to dry it out, so those are actually tighter ties, 
Um, so then that would be, in fact, allowed. They're not going to come to fall off. And, um, and uh, if they're tied for the milk, meaning to preserve the milk and keep it from dripping, so that would be uh, not allowed because uh, it's, it's looser. That's per, it's simply the reason. Uh, Shmuel says, no, the Allah follows Rabbi Yossi, that neither are allowed. Uh, Rav, um, um, others put it in actually a separate statement that uh, that Rav just says to dry is mutter, but to lechalib is aser, and Shmuel says both are aser. And others say it's going on a, a different quote that uh, goats go out sururos liabesh pinat lechalib that's a tanakama, but they quote Rav Yudah saying that the halacha is that way, but it's not the practical Allah, because who's going to know or be able to determine what type of tie is it? And if you're going to, if you're going to people will see a tie, they're going to not know that it's the okay kind of tie, and they're going to come to say every type of tie is okay, and therefore we have to answer it across the board, and that is what Shmuel Paskins like review the Ben Becerra, because it's not a practical, in practical law, you can't really distinguish between the two because of that problem. Because uh, there's no way to distinguish what, what type of tie is it. So, next we talked about is what the behemoths are not allowed to go out. How are they not allowed to go out? So, first we talked about the camel. There was a mutulteles, which we'll define. Akur and ruggle is not okay. And that's true for all animals. And also, you're not allowed to tie camels on a string one to another and pull at the head of all the, like the of the caravan, and uh, but you can put all the ropes separately into your hand and pulling all the camels directly. And we'll see what the difference is between those two ways. Um, the first thing is, that what is a metotelis? It's this, so the, first, the simplest thing is that that's a tag that they attach to the tail, and it's a piece of cloth, it's a, it's a for identity, I guess it they can easily fall off, and that's what the concern is, you're going to come to pick it up. Um, sort of like your, you know, it's just to show whose, whose, uh, whose camel this is. Um, but uh, if it's tied to both the tail as well as the hump, that would be a different story. That would be okay. And that's what Rabbi Rafuna says, that if it's tied um, to the shilya, which is the underbody of the animal, of the, of the camel, that would also, it's not going to, He's not going to chepper with it much because it'll it causes the pain if it, and therefore I'll leave it. Next thing we had to define what akud and rugal means. So akud, the review that says it's like the akedas yad v'regal. It's where you tie the the foreleg to the back leg on one of the sides, and then the animal won't be able to move really. Like akedas yitzchak, which Ben Avram. So, um, and ruggle is where they take the leg of the animal and fold it up against itself and tie it up that way. So now one of the legs, it's not able to put down to the ground and um, it won't be, it, it, it's, uh, you know, it's only on three legs. It won't be able to really move very fast or go very far. So that was the, uh, that was that solution. Um, we did see that there are other definitions of akud as being hand to hand and foot to foot. So the Gemara says that's true, but Rav is like a different Tana. We put another Tana that actually holds that it's either hand-to-foot or hand-to-hand. And then we saw a third Tana that's hand-to-foot Dafka. So Rav Yudah holds like the, the last Tana, and there's uh, three takes as to what Akud means. 
But Ruggle, they all say it's the same thing where it's tied up. Um, next thing we talked about why we're not allowed to have the, the camels tied in a rope to each other. Um, you know, one camel to the next, to the next, to the next. So the Gemara says, because that looks like you're going to market to sell the camels. Uh, that's how they would make it into a procession, sort of, and people would be looking at as that. Um, but, however, if the, all the ropes go to you directly, then you can pull the camels with you. So, and uh, we said, but as long as you don't wrap it around your hands. So the question is, what's the wrapping, what's the issue here? So Ravashi says it's a Kalayim issue. The question is, what's the Kalayim issue? What the kind of Kalayim are you talking about? So, because there's one kind of Kalayim, of of uh, of uh, Adam, where you're, uh, I mean, meaning maybe the problem is is that uh, you're working with the animal, and uh, like you're pulling, you're helping the animal pull, and it's like hitching up two different types of species to uh, to 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 work for you, and that's prohibited. You're not allowed to have a horse and a donkey pulling on the wagon, okay, together or any two species. Anyway, the bottom line is that that's not the problem because an, a human is allowed to. Uh, pull with every animal. There is no distinction. That there's no idea like that. So you could hitch yourself up to the plow together with the. Not that you're going to do much help, but together with the cow to help pull the plow. Whatever it is, all that is perfectly fine. Um, so that's one idea, um, and um, so that can't be what it is. So the Gemara says what we're worried about is the climb of the chavalim. The ropes have a, have a shot in this issue. And that's because one of the ropes might be is wool, the other one is linen, and that's why we said don't wrap it around your hands. The problem is, who cares? Even if the ropes are a different species, there there is no isr shatnes unless there's a, a a double stitch, meaning went in and out, so it's 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 fastened to the the two materials are fastened to each other. But if it's if it's just a triva achas one. You know, it's just one direction. So then, that's naturally it'll go right through. It'll slip. It's, it slips right through. It's not considered uh, anything. So the more answers, you're right. It's not just wrapped. It's wrapped and tied, and therefore that's why it's a shatnez issue. Okay. Um, Shmuel has another issue that you have to be careful with: is that you can't have the rope hanging from your hand a tefach. Problem is, is that the school of Shmuel says that it's two tefach. That's a problem, not one tefach. So the answer is, is that uh, the real halacha is that it's two tefachim. When Shmuel taught people the halacha, he said one tefach. That's, uh, um, by the way, I'll, t- I'll tell you a secret trick that uh, I've noticed. Um, if you ever read the um, halachic books that are written in English, so if you read the top of the English section, so it comes out usually quite stringent. But if you read the notes in the bottom, it tells you actually this is not, you know, there's more room for leniency. It's kind of like... Uh, what Shmuel was doing here, when he was teaching the halacha to people, he told them what they should do to avoid the question, even more than the letter of the law, even though the letter of the law is more uh, malleable, it's more, you know, the actual law it, you know, allows for a little bit longer, but you can't teach the law that way to the populace because they're not going to understand necessarily the nuance where the limitations are, and you know, give them an inch, they take a foot, as you know, and that's why, um, yeah, he, that's why when Shmuel told Allah, he said one tafach, even though the true Allah was really two tafach. It's very interesting. Problem with this is, um, uh, it sounds like that from a Brisa that there's another issue, nothing to do with that, that it has to be above the ground, a tafach, not a tafach sticking out of your hand, but a tafach off the ground. 
So Gemara says that's a different thing. You're right, that's also true. But it's not nothing to do with Shmuel. Shmuel's talking about if it looks like he's holding the rope and it's hanging down his hand, then it looks like he's carrying a rope. They don't know that it's the same rope that he's pulling. But if, uh, but if we're talking about if, and also another issue, if between the person, the man, and the camels, the rope is so slack that it's within a tefach from the ground, then it looks like it's two separate ropes. He's holding a rope, and they're, uh, they're just carrying a rope, and they're not even being pulled by that rope. So that's the problem, and that's why the rope has to be, not be so slack that it's within a tefach from the ground, as well as it can hang from your hand, um, uh, tefach, or two, depending who you ask. Okay. Brings us to the Mishnah the, uh, on Omid Beis. Continuing with what the animals are not allowed out with. So we're moving on to the donkey. The donkey is not allowed out with a, with a mardas, which is the saddle. Um, and uh, that's when it's not tied. Nor can it go out with a bell, even if it's silenced. And nor can it go out with the ladder that's on its neck or the strap on its feet. And uh, the, as far as the hens, roosters go, they can't go out with the strings that are the strings that are attached to them, nor can they go out with the uh, ropes that are tied to their feet. And um, rams can't go out with the, with the wagon that's on its tail. And um, and the female sheep can't go out uh, uh, can't go out with the chanunos, which we'll define, and a calf with the gimon, which we'll also define, and nor can the cow go out with the orha cooper. They used to tie on their uh, udders to prevent animals from nursing off the off the cows, and nor with a strap that's between its horns. And that got us involved in the story from Blos Benazaria, where his cow had a strap between its horns, and it was against the will of the Chacham. It went out on Shabbos that way, and the Chacham had issue, took issue with that. So with that, we're going to go to the Gemara. We went to the Gemara yesterday. What the issue with all these things is that being these things have a value to the person, and they can't come off. They're not tied so tightly, so they will, um, they, they, if the animal goes out with it and it comes off, you will come to pick it up, and that is the concern here. So um, we also talked about the bell. What's wrong with the bell? It looks like you're trying to sell it. It's you know you dressed up the animal for sale. The the ladder on the neck is a different issue. That's if the if you have a uh, an animal, uh, the the donkey might have a scratch on the on its uh, uh, on its uh, side, and it's. When it and it because it's a uh, because it's a wound it, it it can irritate it it could be itchy so the animal's trying to scratch at it with his mouth and if he does so it could actually make the wound worse so what they did is they put up a ladder on the side of the head to like not let it like and strap it on so not let him move the head to the side so much so he won't come to do that and that is the story with that I actually brought uh, show and tell here uh, for this purpose. Uh, I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but uh, uh, let me show you. Um, okay. We are over here. Okay. Okay, there you go. You can see the donkey with the... Uh, ladder um, attached to its neck and it has like a wound on the side That's and there's the mardas 
So anyway, um, so now you could sort of get a picture of what we're talking about. Okay, um, brings us to the next, uh, the next thing. So the next thing was uh, the Ritzua Shebaraglo. That's uh, they put that also for the sake of uh, um, sometimes their their bow legged or the knees are like bent on the inside, and they knock knees get knocked together. I don't know if it's bowling or the opposite, but anyway, the bottom line is it's bad for uh, they. They need to uh, keep the knees from knocking, so they would tie ropes um, as like protections on the knees, um, also and causes it to spread out. Also, um, the, the 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 strings on the roosters is just for def- you know to show who's who owns which rooster. The ritsua is to keep their legs from being able to spread apart too far. So therefore, it won't, um, it won't, uh, they won't come to kick, um, and uh, and ruin things, and break things. Um, we talked about the rams; they had the wagon on, attached to their tail, and that because they had sometimes the tails were too long, and it could and it's a valuable part of the animal. It's a, it's a very fatty tail, so you don't want it to come you know, scratched up on the ground. Um, the sheep. Um, Chanunos, uh, what is the definition of Chanunos? So we saw a few possibilities. First uh, definition, Rav Achab said in front of Rav Chizda that um, when after the shearing, they would uh, take some soft material, dip it in oil, and place it on the body of the animal, so on, on the forehead, the head and the forehead, basically that the animal should not get too cold. Um, so Rav Chizda says, what are you treating it like, uh, like Marukva? Which such we don't treat the animals which with such a chashivas like we treat uh, like a king. You know, Marukva was the avbez and he was the highest authority. So uh, Rav Papa Bar um, uh, sat in front of uh, Rav Chizda, and he said another pshat that uh, basically that in the in the birthing time uh, they would have two uh, two things of wool dipped in oil, uh, not wool, more uh, fl- fluffy material to warm the animal, and they would put one on the forehead and one on the on the womb to warm up the animal. So Rav Nachman says, then you're treating it like a human. That's, we don't do that for, we don't go that extra measure on the animals. They're animals after all, and they sort of don't, don't worry about them. So uh, too much, okay? Um, so Rav Huna says a different shot that it actually, there's a piece of wood called a chanun, and that uh, they take a, a small uh, piece of it, put it by the nostrils of the of the animal to cause it to sneeze, and uh, by by its sneezing, the the shaking of that causes the worms that are in its hair to uh, fall to the ground, um, so it won't be eaten by the moths. Basically, uh, if that's true, why not? Uh, uh, why do we worry about the uh, other animals? Uh, why, why why not the males? The answer is males. They're fighting each other and banging, butting heads together. So that's the difference. Okay, Shimon Nazir says it's another type of wood. Uh, also, same idea, sounds like. And uh, the question the Gemara wanted to know, according to Rafun, at least, we understand why it's called Chanun. It's the name of the wood. But what is Chanunos, according to the Rabbanu's opinion? It's that it's things that show our mercy to the animals. So that's uh, why they got to that pshat. Next thing we talked about is the Egel going with a gimon. A gimon is basically a miniature yoke that's to help hold the cow's head down. It weighs the head down. Gets used to keeping the head's head low. 
it helps with the pulling on, uh, you know, with, with a head held low, it's able to pull better. Um, and so it's like sort of a training, a training yoke. Uh, Rebbe Lazar says that the gimon is based on the word which is bent over. The cow with the pup. A reed. Yeah, but a reed that bends, you know, it's, it's bendy, right. Right, right. Uh, the bending over, uh, like like when we bend over, right? Same idea. Okay. Um, anyway, that's not good enough. That's what you're saying. <laughs> uh, uh, bending your head is not is not all that's required for uh, for that's what they're saying. It's not it's not the it's not the only thing. Um, anyway, the next thing we talked about is the 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 orha kupar, which is like a hedgehog fur that they would tie on. It's very prickly, and it, uh, no other animal is not going to come nurse from it. Um, the Ritzua ben Karneha, so the Gemara says, it, um, both Rab and Shmuel say that Lena is not allowed. Rab says, even the Shamer, an extra measure of, of, of watching is beyond its norm, is also not allowed. Shmuel allowed an extra measure of watching, but Lenoi still doesn't allow, so that's the issue over here, that Lenoi is not allowed. Next thing we talked about is the that the part we said in the mission, the power of Rablaz Ben Azaria. So the Gemara says, What kind of one part did he have? What do you mean? He was so wealthy that every year his miser that he had to give away to the to the Kohen was 12,000 caps. Okay, so he had he could, you know, times, you know, multiple, and that was just of the new crop. So how many heads of cattle, thousands and thousands of heads of cattle that he had um, to be able to produce that much every year? So um, clearly, he didn't have just one cow. Um, and uh, so the Gemara explains, you're right. That wasn't what we're talking about. It was his neighbor. And because he didn't give rebuke to the neighbor that he shouldn't let the animal go out with its strap between its head, um, and he, was, he, got the, he got the demerit for it. It was considered his fault. And that's, uh, we got into the idea of rebuking um, with a bunch of rabbis, Rav, Rav Hanina, and uh, one version is Rabbi Yochanan and Rav Chaviva. Others say it's not Rabbi Yochanan, it's Rabbi Yonason. But anyway, they said if you have ability to give rebuke and you don't to your household, but you don't, so then you take into task for what they do. If um, if you give rebuke, if you have ability to give rebuke for your city and you don't, so then you're taken to task for the sins of the city. If you have ability to give rebuke for the world and you don't, then you're taken to task for the sins of the world. And that's where Papa says that the Reish Galusa they have a lot on their head because uh, they have a lot of influence. The greater the influence, the greater the responsibility. And that's what Rav Hanina says, that Hashem b'mishvad yavo imzikne amo b'sarav. What is the zikenim and the sarim? If the sarim did the sin, why are the zikenim at fault? The answer is because they did not give the rebuke. So uh, that's the idea. And that is where we left off. And uh, I'll just stop for a second for the recording.